0: Welcome to the Life Church podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and encouragement to your life. For a list of messages, to stream live services, and for updates about events and more info, visit LifeChurchROA.org. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Good morning, everybody. I got a lot of stuff with me today, so you just got to bear with me for just a minute, okay? We got a lot going on. There we go. Look at your neighbor and say, You're the Missions Collective. The Missions Collective is a group of people, a group of individuals uh, that comprise our church, our missionaries those who give to missions that maybe aren't a part of our church, those who go, uh, and we are the collective of that. Now, this is an important thing because when you talk about a collective, you're talking about groups of people that come together with a common cause. Okay? And we are the Missions Collective. So, we've got a lot of stuff still happening this month. Uh, We've got our uh, our Missions Dinner coming up next Saturday. We've got uh, Pastor Sarah is going to be speaking on encouragement next week. Uh, That's one of our four pillars of the Missions Collective. And then at the end of the month, we're going to have a panel of missionaries that are going to be joining us, U.S. missionaries, that we're going to interview right here on stage. Uh, and get a little bit of understanding from them. And so I'm excited about that. Today's a special day uh, because we uh, don't always get the opportunity. We try to make sure that we honor these men and women. But uh, as many of you know, Veterans Day, and we celebrate that today, even though we understand it was yesterday. So if you are a veteran, could you stand in this room? Come on, I know there's a couple of you. All right, let's give these guys a hand. Stay standing for just a second. Stay standing for just a second. We want to say a special prayer over you. Now, we have gifts for you, but they got rerouted last night at about 7 o'clock to Miami from Virginia, from here. Uh, And so uh, we won't blame you for that, Gary. But, uh, oh, Cindy's fault, okay. Uh, so those of you who don't know, they work for the USPS, and so we give them a hard time every once in a while. Uh, but we do, and I know, I know, I see all your faces, you, you don't need it, but we want you to know we honor you and we love you. And I apologize, they've been rerouted for days now. They've been rerouted, they've rerouted a couple times from one company to another to another to another because uh, the first company undoubtedly couldn't deliver them, so they're depending on you guys now to deliver them, and so we appreciate you and all the hard work you do there also. Uh, but we will have those for you hopefully next week. But in the meantime, uh, could you stretch your hands towards these who are standing, and let's just pray a special prayer blessing over them. We're grateful for them and the, and the sacrifice and service that they, have, uh, that they have given for us. Jesus, today as we talk about the pillar of giving, Father... In our missions collective, we celebrate men and women who have given their lives for our freedoms, who have given their, their, their that Father, they have stepped aside and, and sacrificially stepped into, Lord, uh, the, the very thing that allows us to be in this place. And so, Father, we thank you for our veterans today. We pray blessings over them, Father, that you would watch over them both phys- in, in a physical way, Father, in, a, in an emotional way, in a financial way, in a relational way, Lord Jesus, and that you, Father, would open up the windows of heaven and pour out your blessings on them. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the, the people who show, the, who show what, it's, what it means to sacrifice, show what it means to serve, Lord, we're grateful for that, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Can we give these guys one more round of applause? Thank you so much. You can be seated. Uh, I, love, I love celebrating our veterans. I uh, get the opportunity on occasion to sit down with uh, different men and women who have served, and uh, man, if there's ever a doubt that what you're doing is a level of missions work, let me, incur- let me encourage you, what you, your service, what you did, was a level of missions work that will extend into the third and fourth generations as a blessing. And so thank you. We're in our missions collective. Last week we talked about cheat codes. We talked about the most famous cheat code of all for video games, the Konami code. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Okay, when you, when you do that on a Nintendo controller or many other controllers for that matter, it gets you extra lives. It gets you advantages in the game. It gets you all of the stuff that you need to win the game. Sometimes, sometimes uh, when we're doing life, right? We need some advantages. Anybody feel like, hey, you know what? I, I serve God and he's an advantage in my life. Anybody feel that way? Oh, y'all got to wake up this morning. I need your help this morning, okay? Because this is one of those days, all right? We're going to talk about something that a lot of people get kind of, kind of freaked out about, but I want you to, I want to throw this out there first. I want to shift our thinking in terms of giving, okay? We're talking about giving today. We're in the Missions Collective. In the Missions Collective, we talk about our four pillars. Prayer was last week. We want you to pray for our missionaries. We've got cards out there that you can grab and pray over them. We talk about giving. Our missionaries can only go because we give. We talk about uh, the, um, the encouragement of missionaries and we have postcards and international stamps that you can use to send them postcards and let them know that you're thinking about them. And we talk about understanding and that's why we're gonna do the, the, uh, the panel That's why we're gonna invite missionaries in so that we can better understand the things that they go through and that they face. Uh, It's gonna be a a really cool day that day because we're gonna have at at least two, hopefully four different U.S. missions that do different things and reach different people. And we're gonna have the opportunity to be able to just hear from them and ask them our questions. So today, I want to continue talking about cheat codes. We had the prayer code last week. This week, I want to talk about the giving code. It's a cheat code. Believe it or not, giving opens up and and creates access in our lives to things that give us incredible advantages. So as I was preparing for this, I came across a, a message a sermon from a pastor named Mark Batterson. Now, I love Mark Batterson. I've read almost all of his books. I listen, he's one of the people that I go back and watch their sermons on Sundays. Like uh, throughout the week, I've got about three or four guys that I listen to because pastors need the word also. Amen. And need to be preached to and need our toes stepped on every once in a while. And so I was listening to uh, some messages from uh, Mark Batterson. And he, he, he shared in his message seven lessons in generosity, quick lessons. And I want to start today by giving you those quick lessons. Okay, They're going to lead us into what we're going to talk about. The first is this. As it pertains to generosity now remember when we talk about giving and generosity here at life church We're not just talking about your money In fact, I even took my wallet out of my pocket and left it on the front row because giving is so much more than money Giving is your time. In fact, how many of you would say my time sometimes is worth more than my money? Anybody there? Yeah Right my time sometimes is worth more than my money. How about your talents? You ever done something for somebody because they just needed it done without charging them to do it? Yeah, we do those things. So when we talk about generosity, we talk about giving, we're we're not talking about reaching into your pocket. Is that a piece of it? Absolutely, right? But you know what else? I own a trailer that you can haul behind your vehicle and, and, and haul stuff on. I purposely bought a small truck when I bought a truck so people wouldn't ask me to help them move. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you can't get the long bed trucks Because anybody, anytime somebody sees that, they're like, oh, I could get my bed in that. Why don't you come help me move? So I got one of the short ones, like five foot, right? It's perfect for me to lay down in. (laughs) But that's it. It doesn't fit a mattress, doesn't fit a couch. And then my hard head thought, I'm going to buy a trailer just in case I need to move something. Let me tell you what's happened God has used that stinking trailer. In more ways than I can count, we've loaned it out. I've driven it for people, went and picked up things. I've hauled things for people. It isn't just about money, okay? It's about giving ourselves. It's about understanding that our lives are his to use. And we give it to him and we give it to each other. This is important. This is a cheat code. If you think for one second giving isn't like a life hack and a cheat code in our lives, you've missed it. Paul's going to tell us it's a cheat code. and He's going to tell us exactly what the code is. Let me give you the first lesson that Mark, Mark Batterson gave. I, I can't claim these. I wished I could. We're going to run through these quick and then we're going to get into the, the the meat of the message. It's this. First one is this. It's all from God, which means it's all for God. You're You're that all the stuff, all the things that we own, it's all from God, it's all for God. This is where it begins, our time, our town, our treasure, every second, every ounce, every penny is from God, and therefore, it's for God. Every minute of my life, every minute of your life is meant to be for Him. The crazy thing is, is He lets us do what we want to with it for the most part. If we sacrifice it to him. And he brings us into places that we would never, ever get an opportunity to be. Otherwise, when I give him my time, he lets me lead people to him. When I give him my talent, he holds me up. And, sh- and I get the opportunity to feel like I'm contributing to the kingdom of God When I give him my treasure, wow. And again, I'm not talking about the treasure in my wallet because that's the least of my treasures. I give him my children. Next Sunday, my kids get the opportunity. They're going to lead an entire church service at at one of our sister churches because the pastor saw them on Facebook with their fine arts things and wants, to, wants them to come and, and be a part of what's happening there in their church where they're lighting a fire in their young people and in their church to use their gifts and their talents for God. I have to release them to that. That's hard. I got to release them to those things. I have to be willing to, to realize that it's all from God, so it's all for God. The second is this, don't accumulate possessions, accumulate experiences. I've met more people possessed by their possessions than I have by demons. They don't own things, things own them. That code that we're going to talk about today, that giving code, that generosity realizes that there is nothing off limits from God. Every single thing that I have, every single thing that I can do, every single thing that I own, everything when God asks for it, it is open-handed. That word generosity has the connotation and the, the understanding that we are open-handed with things. Anybody uh, grow up in a Pentecostal church never heard of a Pentecostal handshake? Pentecostal handshake is when somebody comes up and shakes your hand and it's got a little money in it and they shake your hand and they kind of slide the money off and they tell you, hey, go, go do whatever you need to do with this or whatever. Right, people who live open-handed and are willing to help, willing to be a part of, willing to jump into somebody's messy life and be generous with their time. Be generous with their stuff. Third lesson that quick lesson that he gives is that you make a living by what you get you make a life by what you give the kingdom of God is reversed in this we want to think we got to get we've got to get we've got to get the world says you have to accumulate you have to get you have to grab as much as you can the kingdom of God says you have to give as much as you can the success in the kingdom of God is measured by how many you serve not by how many serve you Quick lessons. The fourth is this, after you count the blessing, flip the blessing. Anybody ever been blessed by somebody? Have you ever been blessed by somebody and then you turn around and it's contagious. So you bless somebody, right? You've been blessed, so now it's easier to bless. Now you have this motivation. Paul is gonna talk about this. He's gonna use an example of one church for another church and they're gonna catch a fire, in what we're gonna read here in just a little bit. Generosity is fueled by gratitude. You have to be a blessing where God has blessed you. The simple truth is church, we are blessed to be a blessing. The next quick lesson is God doesn't bless you to raise your standard of living, but to raise your standard of giving. Again, we're not talking about, I want you to hear me. We're not talking about just finances here. Every person that was on this stage this morning was here by around 8.30 this morning, giving their time so that when they came to lead worship to you, they were ready to go. They were ready to be here and to lead us into worship. We call that they were ready to get their feet wet. All right, they had already jumped in before we even got here. That's generosity. That's a part of the giving code, that cheat code that we're gonna talk about. The next one is this, wise men come bearing gifts. Now you might think this is, this is not our responsibility and you're right, it's not your responsibility, but it is your opportunity. It's your opportunity. Yesterday, I had the uh, the privilege of speaking to uh, sixteen young people who feel called into full time ministry, and they were at a retreat that was helping prepare them and help them understand what that calling means and what that's like. And so, I drove two hours to get twenty or thirty minutes with these students, and I stopped on the way there and picked up uh, boxes of Sour Patch Kids because wise men bring gifts, (laughs) right? It's better to give than receive, right? And so I walked into the room and immediately they're paying attention, immediately, guess what they see? Sour Patch Kids. It doesn't matter that I'm there yet, it doesn't matter what I have to say, they wanna know is the Sour Patch Kids for them. And so I handed out the Sour Patch Kids and I began to share with them about the school of ministry that our network has. It gave me an opportunity. It gave me an opportunity to remind them that they're not on this path alone. I put up my name and telephone number and said, all right, everybody pull out your phones and text me your name. So that when something happens, when you have questions about what it means to be in ministry, when you have, when you have hard moments, you've got somebody to reach out to. Out of the 16, 10 of them sent me a text message with their name. And it's an opportunity I have to pour into the next generation of people that are going to be leading our churches. And it started with Sour Patch Kids, by the way. $1.25 a box. Totally worth it. Worth every penny. Because it created an opportunity. Now with that, shameless plug, out on the Christmas tree in the lobby, we've got some gifts. Gifts. They're not much, but it doesn't have to be much. We've got candy canes and we've got ornaments that can be decorated. And tied to each one of those are invites to Christmas fest. So that you can take them and invite people to Christmas fest, but also give them a gift. Wise men come bearing gifts. Grab a couple, take them with you. And when you see some people out that you want to invite to Christmas Fest, it's, it's an incredible time. It's going to be a great moment for us to minister to our community, to be a light in our community. The number of people last year who talked about how nice it was to get a picture with Santa Claus and not have to be at the mall and pay for it. The number of people who came in and ate with us and we had an opportunity to minister to them around the table, to introduce them to Jesus, to invite them to church, to invite them to come to know Christ. Incredible. The number of people that we were able to give gifts to last year and bless them during Christmas. And we're, gonna, we're looking to double that at least this year, if not more. But we've gotta be a place that invites Invitation has to be our instinct. And wise men come bearing gifts. So grab some on your way out today. Find some people. Go to your neighbors. Go to your friends. Invite them. If they, got, if they got kids, if they don't have kids. Because guess what? It didn't matter what age people were, everybody enjoyed this day. Okay? And so you can tell them, hey, I've got a gift for you and I've got an invitation. Because it creates an opportunity. Okay? Proverbs 18, 16 says, giving a gift can open doors. I don't know about you, but I need some doors open for the gospel to be in some people's lives. The last quick lesson on generosity before we read our scripture is this. You can't outgive God. All the time that you give, all the effort that you put in, all the... Finances that you give, all this stuff that you do, I promise you, you can't outgive God. I promise you that there'll be blessings tied to each one of those things. If you look at Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. As I, every time I read that, I think about anybody, ever, anybody like Ices or, or Slurpees? you know you put the lid on the top and then you and then you fill it up and then you take it and you tap the table. you tap it on the table so it goes down a little bit, then you can fill up a little bit more, you put a straw in it, so you drink just a little drink, and you tap it and you fill it up again just a little bit more. Every time I hear that verse, I think about those I think about that because we're trying to get the most for what we're doing. Let me tell you what, you will never get more for what you give than when you give it to God. It isn't about a financial blessing. There are eternal consequences to what we give. There are eternal consequences to what we do for God and for those that we serve. There are eternal consequences when we come with gifts. I don't know if those kids will remember me 20 years from now, but I sure hope that when they're in ministry, one day they remember Somebody cared enough to drive four hours, two hours one way, two hours back to talk to them for 30 minutes and gave them some Sour Patch Kids. And if they don't remember, I'm gonna believe that the seed that was planted has been watered and has grown into something that matters, that has eternal consequence. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the cheat code, the giving code. Right? We had the prayer code last week. It's the giving code this week. The prayer code was ASK start. Ask, seek, knock, and start. Do these things. Today, Paul's going to give us a completely different code. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Camp there for a second. The giving code unlocks incredible generosity. It unlocks abundant joy, radical obedience, overflowing worship, and doesn't just draw us near to God, but makes us more like Him. A Couple of years ago, uh, we, we purchased a gift for one of our daughters for Christmas, and she didn't think she was gonna get the gift because we had set it up to where she wouldn't think she was getting it, okay? Y'all know Christmas is the best time to mess with your kids, right? If you don't know that, I'm telling you, Christmas is a great time to mess with your kids, and so we, we, we set it up to where she didn't think she was gonna get it. And I remember handing this gift and being so excited about it because she just knew she wasn't gonna get it. She rips it open and immediately as the box flies open, she just stops dead in her tracks. And she knows what it is. It hits her. She didn't think she was gonna get it. And it, honestly, it was, it was a stuffed animal. <laughs> It was a big old, it was like a a two and a half, three feet, four feet tall stuffed animal. Okay. But I remember that moment because as she popped that box open, she just stopped. And tears began to well up. And she started talking. I didn't think I was going to get it. I didn't think it was going to happen. And the joy that that gave me in that moment. About 10 seconds later, the box is completely ripped open. The stuffed animal's out. She's hugging it. She's, she's, it's sitting right beside her the rest of Christmas. There's an abundant joy that comes with this cheat code. If you don't resonate with the idea of cheat codes in video games, maybe you will life hack. Generosity brings us to a place where there's a joy there's an abundant joy, a radical obedience to God. We're willing to do whatever, but there's a catch with the giving code. Your motivation has to be right. The cheat code is about the motivation of giving. Whether time, talent, or treasure, you got to ask yourself, what's the motivation? So let's dive into the word and see what Paul has to say. Second Corinthians chapter eight, it says this. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness. Now, another version says in his grace has done through the churches in Macedonia Now, just so we have an idea of where we are, the northern part of Greece was known as Macedonia, the southern part as Acadia, and Corinth was in Acadia. So he's writing to the Corinthians who live in Corinth, and this is in the southern part of Greece. But he's writing about a church that's in the northern. And Paul uses Macedonia as the example of people who were using the giving code. These are people who have put in the code and are now living their best life. They've put in the code and they're now living inside of having the advantage of the giving code. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want you to write the word grace up and down, G-R-A-C-E. That's the the code, okay? Last week, it was A-S-K, start. This week, it's grace, G-R-A-C-E. This is what Paul's gonna tell us, okay? Other cities that were in Macedonia included uh, Thessalonica, Berea, and Philippi. These are all places we hear about in scripture. Incredible churches that are doing incredible things. Paul goes on, he says, they're being tested by many troubles. These churches in Macedonia, they're being tested by many troubles, and they're very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy which has overflowed into rich generosity. I don't know about you, but have you ever caught yourself just not being joyful? You ever had to catch, catch your face up and your, and your mind up with everything else that's going on? You woke up this morning, that's a joy, right? But maybe you woke up and, and the dog had not been able to make it outside <laughs> and you let that ruin your day, okay? Okay. Maybe you, wake, you woke up this morning, you're getting everybody, everybody ready for church, you go back to your kid's room and they had fallen back asleep in the bed. And You let that steal your joy. Maybe you're on your way here and you got cut off, you let that steal your joy. These people understood that their circumstances had no power to steal their joy. And they didn't let it, they also didn't let it impact what they were doing for God. And so Paul says, they were tested by many troubles and they're very poor. But they're also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. He says in verse three, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. Now, Paul got to stop here. I need to give a little explanation. Paul is collecting uh, uh, an offering offering. For the congregation of Christians in Jerusalem, they're facing a lot of issues right now. A lot of problems, a lot of persecution. And everything that they had, all the resources they had had been taken away from them. And so Paul, as part of his missionary journey, going to these places and planting churches, and 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 writing these churches, is collecting. Him and his him and the people with him are collecting an offering to take back to Jerusalem to bless the Jerusalem church. And so he's writing now to the church in Corinth about these these churches in Macedonia who have given. They wanted to be a part of this. They loved their brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. And they wanted to be a part of it. But I love what verse 5 says. Paul's a master at writing. Listen to what he says. They even did more than we had hoped for their first action. Somebody say first action. Was to give themselves to the Lord and to us. Just as God wanted them to. I love this because Paul planted the church in Corinth and he's now writing them a second letter, right? He's raising money to help the Christians in Jerusalem who are very poor. He mentions his effort to the church in the first letter. If you go back to 1 Corinthians, you'll see he mentions this and they're super excited about giving. They're excited about helping their brothers and sisters. They want to be a part of this. In fact, they were one of the first churches to sign on and say, we will give to this. We want to bless our brothers and sisters. We're some time away from that now and now Paul's doing the collecting. And he's reminding them that their motivations for giving then were incredible and we want to keep them the same as we move forward. Paul's gonna give the church in Corinth the giving code. He wants them to experience the abundant joy that comes with his cheat code. In the first few words on this subject, he lets them know that both the opportunity and the willingness to give a gift, whether time, talent, or treasure, is, is a motivation of the grace that God has shown us. How many of you are thankful that God saw something in you and was willing to die on a cross for you? That grace that we have, we didn't deserve what he gave us. We don't deserve what he continues to give us, yet he gives it. Grace, unmerited favor, undeserved, yet he still gives it. There isn't one person that has ever existed that Jesus didn't deem worth the price that he paid. You think about that. How easy it is for us to write someone off because they don't agree with our political views. How simple it is for us to hurt someone just because they're different than us. And yet Jesus sees all those things and still stretched his arms out on the cross. The grace of God, church, has to be our motivation for giving. When you give this, it isn't about how many people come to our event. It isn't about the number of people. It isn't about us being able to say 500 people came to this event. It's about 500 people hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's about a little kid getting excited and a family coming into a place where they're going to be loved. It's about a a dad who got laid off right before Christmas and doesn't know how he's going to help his children or how he's going to buy Christmas for his children. And we're going to let them go to a store and pick out gifts. And when I say store, I just, I did that because we're not going to charge anything for them, but we want it to be something dignified. We want dignity to remain intact in this moment. And so we're creating a place where they can go and provide that. Because of the grace God's shown us. It's motivated by grace. Paul goes on in verse six. He says, so we've urged Titus who encouraged your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving or or act of grace on your part. Over and over and over again, Paul uses words that mean grace. Paul uses words that mean the great and and that, that exemplify the grace that God has shown us. Verse seven, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving, this graceful act, this gracious act of giving. Back again to the word grace. This is a cheat code for giving. We got to give with the right motivations. When we give understanding and, and with the idea of how much God has given us, it makes it easy to give. It changes our mindset from a mindset of I've got to have, 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 get, 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 to so I've got to give, 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 give. I gotta give my time. Some people don't, some people need me. God has placed some people in my life who need me just to sit down and give them time. He's done the same thing for you. Some of you have been that for me. He needs you to give of your talents. Some of you can do incredible things. My wife does this thing with string that I don't understand at all, but she can take string and make a blanket out of it. I can't do that. Okay, if I'm making a blanket out of it, I'm tying balls of yarn together and I'm just gonna lay lay up under them. They call it crochet. I don't believe that it really has a name. I don't know how it gets done. But it's incredible the talent that she has and the number of people she's been able to share God's love with because of it. A baby blanket that took hours to make. And watching as a a parent wraps their child up in that. That's an incredible moment that she's she's giving because God God has given her that talent and graced her with his love. You guys do this all the time. But I want you to make sure that you're thinking about it from those motivations. This is an extension of the grace that God has shown me. And I'm gonna show it to those around me. That's what Paul's telling them. Paul's telling the cheat code is grace, G-R-A-C-E. I love this next part. He says in verse 8, I'm not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. Paul's got no problem telling his intentions. Okay? Remember a couple of months ago, we did a series in Philemon, and Paul just lays it out for Philemon. Okay, he's just laying it out for the church in Corinth. I want, you, I want to make sure, is your money where your mouth is? Right? Are you, really, are, you, are you really willing to do what you said you were willing to do? Because this isn't about your money. This is about your love. This isn't about your time. It's about your love. It's about your love for those people that God wants to love. It's about the grace that God has shown you extending from your life and touching others. He says, you know, verse nine, the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich yet for your sakes, he became poor so that his poverty, his, by his poverty, he can make you rich. Here's my advice, he says, it would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give and you were the first to begin doing it. Now, you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Verse 13, of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easier for others and hard for yourselves. I only mean that there should be some equality. Right now, you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later, they will have plenty and can share with you when you're in need. In this way, things will be equal. As the Scriptures say, those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Today, I want to share with you the grace, the cheat code, the grace of giving. Paul made an incredible point here about giving. It's a true paradigm shift. Giving, Paul says is an act of grace. Meaning that the motivation for giving is the grace of God. Even more, it's the working of grace through us. Our giving is not out of obligation or pride. We give because we've been given to by Jesus. He's given me his time. Anybody ever pray to prayer? Jesus is listening. If you're saved, he's given his life for you. And out of the extension of that grace, out of, out of that grace being given to us, we are called to give to others. Not out of some obligation or pride, but be just out of the joy of what he's given us. The most generous gift any of us have ever received is the grace of Jesus Christ. And it is that grace that becomes the motivation for our own giving. Paul tells us that there are five evidences that our giving is motivated by grace through this. You ready? We're gonna, we're gonna be moving fairly quick, okay? I told you to write the code, G-R-A-C-E. The first evidence is this, it's found in verses 10 through 12 of chapter eight, we give gladly. And when I say gladly, I don't mean with a smile on our face, I mean willingly, right? I mean that you're happy, you truly are happy to give. You want people to ask, you want people to to, to be a part of that because you want to extend the grace of God to them. It becomes so natural to you that you're waiting for people who need you to give your time, your talent, your treasure. So what Jesus did, he went through Samaria and there was a woman sitting at the well. Right? He didn't have to go through Samaria. By most standards, he shouldn't have, but he did. Willing to do what nobody else was willing to do. And in the process, an entire city came to know him as the Messiah. Now here's the thing. The devil will let you resolve as much as you like the more the better that you're going to do something just as long as you never carry it out. One commentator wrote, The tragedy of life so often is not that we have no high impulses, but that we fail to turn them into actions. Grace begins that motivation is that we give gladly, willingly because he willingly gave Romans 8, 6 through 8 says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He gave gladly, willingly, with grace. That's the first part of the code. The second evidence that grace is our motivation is that we give regardless. Regardless of the circumstances. So we give gladly, we give regardless. In verses one and two, it talks about that the Macedonian churches gave even though they they were in trouble. Now I want you to pay attention to this. It doesn't ever say how much they gave, but it does say they were poor. They probably didn't give much. It probably wasn't some extravagant gift. It wasn't equivalent to millions of dollars because the amount isn't what matters. It's that they were willing and glad to do it, and they did. And they did it in, to, in proportion to what they had. It's never about the portion, it's never about the amount, it's about the proportion. Are you willing to give it all to Him? It's all His anyways. Remember we said that in the beginning. It's all from God, so it's all for God. Your time, every minute, for God. Your talent, every ounce of talent you have. Your treasure, every penny. Everything that you hold dear. We give regardless. This reminds me of the widow who gave two small coins. As I was studying for this, I, I, I began thinking, I wonder how long it would have taken her to earn those coins in standard of a, a day's worth of labor. And those two small coins that she gave were worth six minutes apiece of work at that time. Six minutes. They were the smallest coins that you could give. They were about the size of a pencil eraser. Had very little value, but Jesus says she gave more than everybody in there. All these people dropping huge amounts of money into the offering, making all the noise they could make so people would pay attention to them. And she walks in and you can barely even hear her coins hit the bottom of the bucket. And Jesus points it out and says, She's given more than anybody because it's not about the portion, it's about the proportion. It's all His. He trusts us with it. We've got to be willing to give it back to Him. Our entire lives, I love what it says here that they gave themselves first to God. They served God, they served us before they ever gave an offering because it's not about the money. It's about my obedience. It's about owning my walk with God. So it's part of the very nature of Christ. You know, the, the equivalent of what the lady gave, this widow, the two small coins that she gave, that Jesus talks about was six minutes of working for each of them, so twelve minutes to get those two coins. If you base it on minimum wage today, it'd be the equivalent of us giving two dollars and forty cents. Doesn't seem like much, but in proportion to what she had and what she was willing to give, it was everything. The circumstances didn't matter To Jesus, either. He still gave. He had to hang on a cross, face beatings, had to face death and experience it. And he still gave gladly, regardless of the circumstances. The third evidence is this we give abundantly. So you got gladly, you got regardless, and you've got abundantly. Paul uses a different example here. Instead of the churches in Macedonia, he turns to the example of Jesus. Jesus is always the example for us to follow. Whether in service, suffering, or sacrifice, Jesus is the example. If we give ourselves to God, we'll have no problem giving our substance, our stuff to him. If we give ourselves to God, we'll also give ourselves to others. It's impossible, church, to love God and ignore the needs of your neighbor. Impossible. Jesus Christ gave himself for us and in return, we should give ourselves to him. When we give abundantly, it's motivated by grace. Grace giving is an evidence of love. Love for Christ, love for God's servants, love for people need we say this all the time we love God, love people, live life together there's an abundance in that, giving abundantly means giving sacrificially, Jesus was rich he was the eternal God he's rich in possessions, rich in position as king of kings and lord of lords he's rich in power, he can do anything and in spite of the fact that he had all these riches and more he became poor. His sacrifice was abundant. It's more than money. It's everything. Do you give like Jesus? Are you willing to give people your time, your talent, your treasure? Or do you fake the telephone call when you're walking past because you don't want somebody to stop you? I'm ashamed to say it. I've done it. I don't have time. I don't have time. This person, I know they're going to keep me. So you put your phone up to your ear and you keep walking. Hey, hey. Keep on going. I'm not the only one that's avoided people. But conviction is a gift and it's a reminder that my giving goes beyond what checks I write or cards I run. Checks, cards, and cash are just the, the bottom barrel of what I give, according to Scripture. The fourth evidence is that we have to give confidently. We see this in verses 13 through 15. We give confidently knowing that God's got us no matter what. We give confidently knowing that when it seems too big for us or out of our reach, that God is still there and he is leading and guiding We give sometimes when it doesn't make sense because we give confidently. In faith. That God's going to return time. I prayed this over the, those who are serving today on this team and those who are serving in our kids that God would return their time to them. And in faith, I believe he's going to because they're doing an incredible thing by serving our children and our families, by serving us. The fifth evidence that we see here, and it's the last one, is that we've got to give enthusiastically. I love what verses three and four say. It says, Paul says, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it on their own free will. They begged us. You imagine Paul saying, guys, you've done enough. You need, you need. And they're like, no, 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 God will take care of us. We want to be a part of this. We want to be a part of what God's doing in Jerusalem and and around the world through the church in Jerusalem. We want to be a part of what's happening. Please let us be a part. And Paul keeps saying, guys, you've done enough. You've done enough. And they're begging to be a part of it because they understand that it flows out of the grace that God has shown them that they can never show enough grace and love to the world around them. So they choose to give gladly, regardless, abundantly, They choose to give confidently in faith and enthusiastically. This morning, I think God has placed that cheat code and given it to us because when we give, when we give and we're obedient to him, it opens up things in our life like abundant joy. Radical obedience and love like we've never shared before. And he tells us it'll be given back to us a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, poured into our lap, not just dripped, but poured. Here's your challenge today. Your challenge today is to change your thought of giving. It's not just something you do because you do it. But to understand that we give and that the motivation for our giving has got to be the grace of God. Think about all the amazing things that he's done for you and how that can overflow in your life. From something as simple as a candy cane to something maybe a little more complex in our faith promises. And we're landing the plane. I know it's 1204. We're almost done. But this is important. We support 14 missionaries around the world. And part of this month is us praying and asking God, what would you have us to do for missions above and beyond our giving above and beyond what you've called us to? If you're a guest today, you're off the hook. Okay. You can do this if you'd like, but you don't have to you're off the hook. This is, this is part of what we do. It's a part of how We give, so you're seeing a, 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 a very almost intimate moment between us and God here. But if you're a guest, I want you to understand that this card, if you got one today, you're welcome to hang on to it. You're welcome to pray about it. But you're not, I don't want you to feel any obligation. Most of you have seen these before. There are cards that simply say this: as God enables me, I will help take the good news of Jesus into the world by giving to missions through Life Church. We have a monthly and a weekly faith promise. Now, here's the deal with these: nobody's going to track you down and ask you why you haven't given. Nobody's gonna say, when are you giving? This is just for us to be able to set our budget for missions. For us to be able to say, in 2024. For the year of 2024, we are gonna be able to support these, all of these missions, plus maybe some more. We have a goal this year of $2,500 a month coming in for missions. To support our missionaries, we have missionaries in Africa, we have missionaries in Spain, we have missionaries in Russia, we have missionaries all around the world. And right here in the U.S., they depend on us to do the work that they do and every person they share the gospel with we've gotten to plant a seed and be a part of that and we do that through faith promises so if you didn't get a faith promise card and you need one I'm going to have they're ready to give them out if you just want to slip up your hand we'll bring you one I think everybody probably got one but if you didn't just slip up your hand if you want one Now I'm going to challenge you to do something. I'm going to challenge you to pray about what God would have you to give to missions this year. Okay, if you want to do a one-time gift, you can just do a one-time gift too. Just Just write it on the card. Whatever, however God's laid on your heart to give. But our missionaries go knowing that we've committed to support them. And I want them to know we've got their back. I want them to know that we are giving out of the overflow, the grace in our lives. And we know God's gonna do some incredible things through it. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I wanna challenge you. Ask God, what would you have me do? Lord, you've showed us so much grace. Lord, we want to exemplify that in our lives through our time, our talent, our treasure. Lord, it isn't just about what we do here in Faith Promises. Lord, it's about what we do every day. Jesus, help us to be grace givers, to put this cheat code in effect in our life, to experience the abundant joy that comes with giving the way you give. Lord, we give this goal over to you. It's a God-sized goal. It's bigger than we've given. It's more than we've given to missions. And we're asking you, Lord, to take this goal. We're asking you to do what only you can do, Father. And bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because of every dollar that's given, every cent that's given, every prayer that's prayed, every ounce of encouragement that's put out, and every bit of understanding that we gain bring people to you father let it have eternal impact Jesus we ask that you would challenge us father and that we would live that abundant joy father as you lay on people's hearts the amounts and the the things they're going to do this year the the maybe encouragement that they're going to send out to our missionaries the praying that they're going to do for our missionaries the giving that they're going to do the understanding Father, I just pray that, Lord, like your word says, that in the measure that we give, it's given back. Lord, we love you and we praise you today and we worship you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Here's how these work. You fill them out. You can drop them in the boxes in the back. You can give them to one of the staff members. We'll make sure that they get where they need to go. But please, please consider what God would have you to do, okay? And if you're going to give to missions, go ahead and fill one of these out because it's how we know how many we can support. We've got some new missionaries that we'd like to pick up this year, and $2,500 a month will allow us to do that. Your giving and that changing of your mindset, though, about giving is really what we're looking for today. That we would understand that in our world, whether it be money, whether it be time, whether it be talents, we give because of Jesus and the grace that He's given us. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. Don't forget to visit us at Life Church Roa on Instagram and Facebook for updates, service times, and ways to get involved. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we would love to partner with you on your next steps. Visit lifechurchroa.org Jesus to learn more. We love you and we can't wait to see you soon.